Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. In this podcast, we hope that you get the opportunity to connect with other homeschoolers for encouragement, tips, and fellowship. Like Sunlight's curriculum offerings, we explore homeschooling through the lens of a literature-rich, Christ-centered education. Join us on this adventure. I am Sunny, Sunlight's Community Manager and a Sunlight Mom of Two. And joining me today is Christy Clover. Christy, please tell us a little bit more about you. Well, thank you so much for having me here. I'm super excited. And without me, well, I'm a homeschool mom of five, and we have recently graduated our oldest. So experiment worked. (laughs) So super exciting. Yes. And goodness, we have been homeschooling. I was trying to do the math the other day, but I'm like, do you count preschool or not? So since my oldest two were in kindergarten and first grade, uh, we have been doing this homeschool journey. So we now have our oldest has finished his AA in college. He went to junior college. Then um, next up, I've got a senior in high school. And then I have a junior higher and two in elementary. So right now we are, we are homeschooling everything. I know I just don't have toddlers in the house anymore, but did plenty of homeschooling during those days. So I have a lot to share about that, but yeah, so that's a lot about me and I'm online, um, you know, uh, with encouragement. So I love encouraging homeschool families. I speak at a lot of the national conventions. Um, I'm an author. So I'm the author, author of MOM, Master Organizer of Mayhem over my shoulder, and as well as Homeschool Basics, which I co-authored with Trisha Goyer. So it's just been a lot of fun just through the years getting to figure out this homeschool thing. Well, thank you so much. I mean, you've already kind of touched on it. Your book, MOM, Master Organizer of Mayhem, which makes you the organization expert. (laughs) I've also read the book and loved it. So I'm really excited. Um, And then of course you're a homeschool mom. So we're gonna talk about how you can utilize your general homework organization tools and tricks, not just in your home, but in your homeschool life. Mm Because oftentimes that adds a whole new layer of dimension to what you need to get organized. So Christy, your book title MOM references the fact that moms find themselves needing more and more systems and ways to organize as they have children. But in reading it, I really think your solutions would be helpful for anyone, uh, no matter how many kids they have um, or how big or small the space they live in is. Um, And of course, right now in January, organization is super helpful uh, for homeschool families because we have many of them either starting out a brand new school year or they're smack in the middle of one and trying to stay motivated after the holidays. So you speak of creating the atmosphere you want in your home while also letting go of perfection. Mm -hmm. Why is this so important and where should someone start if they're feeling overwhelmed? Well, that's what's really important is I think um, I always am like, we are taught to share. We need to share the grace that the Lord has given to us with our children. <laughs> so that counts for in your homeschool, in your home, just in life in general, because, you know, the world is going to throw a lot at us. We have so many things buzzing around. And oftentimes when it comes to organization, both in homeschooling and home, it's overwhelming because it's like, well, where do I even start? So I like to encourage people to kind of figure out what is the most overwhelming thing? And sometimes that's a big project. So you can either take on that project and break it down or just pick one small thing to kind of start conquering. But right now in our homeschool, we, I mean, January hits. And when I start cleaning up Christmas, it's funny because I'm like, well, you know, 
this decoration was on this cabinet. I'll clean out the cabinet, you know? So just as I'm putting things away, I'm starting to kind of dig a little deeper. Um, but today was the kickoff to our new year um, at the time that we're recording this. And so we were doing some cleaning up. So the, the little behind the scenes piece um, is that we not only, yes, we got COVID, but we got the, like, we had COVID, the flu, strep throat, hand, foot, and mouth, and all of us had colds and sinus infections. So it was just like, <laughs> it's been a really fun time, but needless to say, we got really behind. And so I gave my kids a ton of grace and, um, and I just kind of rebooted, reestablished, reset, however you want to say it, whatever little re, <laughs> I redid our homeschool organization this morning um, and just making sure that um, I cut some things out that we're not going to do. And I kind of just, you know, put things back in order and it helps everyone to feel more calm because going into the new year, feeling behind is overwhelming in and of itself. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you mentioned the flexibility and, you know, it doesn't have to be whatever you first planned, you know, sometimes life throws yeah. those curveballs at you. And when people have been sick and you have the holidays and things like that, you might need to modify things a little bit. Oh, yeah. um, and I, I love in your book, you mentioned the importance of understanding your why when it comes to organizing, because it's easier to stay motivated that way. And I think that is so true with homeschooling also, uh, when it gets yeah. hard, it's so important to evaluate why you're doing that in the first place. So how do you determine what is important and why in your own homeschool? I know you have kind of a four-part way of prioritizing in your family yeah. that you mentioned, um, but how can others do that within their family and figuring out what's important to them? So that's the key, like you're saying, like the why is so important because that's your motivator. Um, if you don't understand the why you're homeschooling, it gets really harder on the hard days. If you don't understand the why you're trying to organize a space, then it makes it harder to find the motivation. So it really comes down to a motivational element, but there's also the element of, um, you know, we have priorities in our life. And so you want to be giving your best to your top priorities. And so um, in the book I do, I have the four F's. So faith, family, friends, and fellow man. And that's how we kind of try to fit things into those four different buckets, I guess um, you could say. And so making sure that we are making God our number one priority in our house. So that is personal quiet times, teaching our kids how to learn about the Bible, how to incorporate that. And in our homeschool, that matters a lot as well, because we try to teach our kids that we learn to read so we can read God's word. We learn to write and to, you know, be able to articulate, um, you know, the things that God's putting on our hearts or, you know, to be able to share um, God's word with other people. And we learn math because God is a God of logic. And I can throw in there as well that and we organize our homes um, because God is a God of order. I mean, look at the, the way that creation, the days of creation, the way he planned that out. It's so orderly in the way he did it. Um, so I, that's some of our kind of wise, but you kind of touched on your first question as well that I didn't really hit on. And that one of my whys for our home in general, well, homeschool, homeschools in the home, <laughs> but I really, my, my goal in my home is to create a, a home of peace, of love and just joy. So whether that's just you know, sometimes we need to cut things out of our schedule so that we're not over scheduling. Um, and as homeschool families, it's really easy because we have social pressure, like, am I doing enough? Are they at grade level? You know, all the things that they being socialized enough. So we tend to pack our schedule with too many things, especially new homeschool families. 
I know that you're doing this <laughs> because <laughs> you just think oh, it's not enough. It's not enough. You know, and we put all this pressure on ourselves. And so you have to stop that. And that's why it helps to make a list. And so you can make a list step. You can put all the things that you have to get done, things you'd like to get done and things that like, Hey, if we can pull this off, that'd be great. Um, and then, you know, just kind of figure out like what works for each season. So maybe that's something that you're like, it'd be really fun to do, you know, whether it's a, a field trip, is that going to fit in with what we have going on this year? If it doesn't, then move it to the next year. I mean, I think we put pressure on ourselves. Like we have to get it done. We have to get it done now. And when we really look big picture, like, you know, I've got my little wall <laughs> calendar over there. It's blank <laughs> right now, <laughs> but, uh, but it does really help to kind of move things around and see, I'm cramming way too many things into January, like high hopes to get things done and start, you know, new traditions in our homeschool and in our home. But at the same time, you have to be realistic. And so it helps to get a big picture and to start prioritizing. Like these are the important things that we have to find time in our schedule for. So you put those in first and then you start putting in all the other elements as well. But it really does help, um, you know, you to understand that I'm putting this in because this is my priority. It's my why. And then we're putting this off because it's not fitting with that priority. So there's a lot of different ways and different methods to do it, but that's kind of what we tend to do in our home. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And uh, you say that a clean and organized space is a happy place. And I know this is so true for me. If there is visual clutter, it stresses me out. But I'm the only naturally neat person in my own house. So what do I do <laughs> about all the moving parts, i.e. my family members yes. who live here? And what is the best way to find common ground where we don't drive each other crazy, where I'm not nagging them to pick mm -hmm. things up, but they are not leaving things everywhere? <laughs> well, what I have found is that when I do take time to really make a space like if this, like this is my space. So this is my happy place. So I can make it feel and look the way I want it to. But, um, like I was a mom of boys only for a long time. So my three oldest are boys, my two youngest are girls. And I, you know, so I think like a girl, I'm a girl. So like, I know how to make a place look pretty. And it, when it's pretty, then they seem to be more apt to try to keep it tidy. Um, but for boys, I kind of had to be like, okay, how can I make this fun and cool, you know? And so not to, you know, like peg people because everyone's different, but I do really feel like when you give spaces, um, kind of a feel. Um, so that is going to be targeted towards them. Um, and again, that doesn't help when it's like in your kitchen, like let's keep the counters clear. <laughs> let's pick our clothes up. Um, it is hard. So that's where you need systems for those things. But when you are cleaning a space, I mean, everybody will, I mean, even your, your most, your messiest people in the house, they're going to feel that they're going to feel um, just the relief because it, it really does. They, people don't understand that when you have a lot going on, like we took, when we took the Christmas tree down, it's always like, Whoa, like, look at all the space in this room. It was amazing. Um, and so when I, when I ever I'm cleaning or organizing, I try to stage it and that sounds silly, but kind of like when you walk into a model home or when you, um, you know, looking at, you know, now it's all Pinterest or blogs, like those areas are staged. Um, like this area is staged. Nothing's moving back here. <laughs> you know, maybe things get a little cluttered right there before they get filed, but 
Um, it's really important to stage things because the more that, so like when I go to bed, I, I mean, it doesn't happen every night, but I find that if I stage the house, like, so we're all working together, um, you know, tidying up in, in the evening. Um, and then I'll kind of like, I'm the one that's usually going in and like putting the pillows where I need them and just doing the little tiny tweaks. And again, I don't do it every night, but I try to do it as much as I can because I wake up in the morning feeling like, oh, um, but getting people to work together because you kind of had multi layers to that question. Yeah. <laughs> um, so staging helps um, because you're, you're making the place. And, and again, one of the things with staging is that you're also imprinting a memory of what the place is supposed to look like. So when they know what it looks like, then, um, then that was really helpful. So it kind of creates a picture in their brain and you can take an actual picture. If you guys are trying to work on like, this is how like our counter should look, look how clear it is. <laughs> so, that's really nice. But as far as motivating people in your home, um, to help out when you're the only neat person, it is hard. And then you have to help them to understand the why. Um, and even it's just like, because you want a sane mom. <laughs> we, we need this for, for you guys to, to enjoy me more. <laughs> and you know, it's not fun to have to nag. And so that's where you like, there's so many different systems. So you can have checklists, you can just have times of the day where a timer goes off and you can make it fun by, you know, for 15 minutes, I'm going to set the timer. We're going to crank up the music and we are just going to clear out this room. And I'm usually involved in the process because oftentimes we have an expectation for our kids like clean the room and they're like what does that mean you know, like, like go make your bed okay you know like we take for granted we know so much and so like what does that mean well let's put the toys away so maybe it's like breaking things down for kids and making them bite size um so making the bed let me help you and show you how this how this works and honestly you might need to like figure out different you know, like me, I find like back up a little. So like when you have the right tools and you make things fun for kids, it's less of a chore. So even down to like using the example of uh, making a bed, seriously, like pull the comforter up, put a pillow on, like, you know, just, and that can be that easy. If kids can't even handle that, maybe there's products like um, Betty's. I have been like oogling and ogling over <laughs> Betty's. Like they're this bed product where like literally you zip it and unzip it. I'm like, amen. Like that would be amazing. Um, so, you know, finding different things and breaking them down because when you, when a place feels to you overwhelming, you're going to come at it with overwhelm and your kids are going to feel overwhelmed. And so nothing about that is fun. Um, and so when you break it down, like, Hey, let's just see if we can get all the counter counters as clear as possible without putting it on the floor. Cause I, I've had that happen. We can clear the counters or my favorite is like, I have to remember where I last saw something and look up and it's gone into that cabinet. <laughs> That's dangerous. I'm like, oh, don't stuff things. Like everything has a home, you know. So helping your kids to understand that things have homes, and if they don't, then let's figure out a good home for that, um, and getting them involved in it. So it's kind of a multi-layered answer to that, but hopefully yeah. that helps. <laughs> no, I love that you kind of touched on some of the systems that you have for tackling yeah. that home organization. So I would love to dive into your systems and discuss how to use them in your homeschooling specifically, yes. because. 
of course, with homeschooling, you're bringing a lot more products into your house and, mm-hmm. you know, the way of curriculum and things like that than you would normally have. Yeah. So decluttering, I know, is listed as your first system, and it's oftentimes the most important yet most hated part of organizing for sentimental mm-hmm. reasons or just the overwhelm or whatever it may be. So what is your best way to declutter your homeschool and to, or to keep the clutter from piling up during your school year? Well, like this is a great example in that we had a natural break. And so breaks are a great time to get in there and clean things up. Um, Oftentimes, like things have just kind of like landed. So that's this morning, you know, I was up a little earlier making sure that I was, you know, just repositioning things because things need again to have a home. Um, But cluttering, decluttering in your homeschool is really important. And summer is a great time for that um, as well. Um, You can also do mid-year breaks. So maybe, um, you know, think about doing something in October before you pull out your, um, you know, your, your decorating things for fall, you know, do it right after Christmas or as you're putting Christmas things up. Um, you can do it again, you know, maybe in March um, or, you know, so just find different times. Um, you can also do something where you're decluttering weekly. So every Friday, we're going to go through and just get rid of all these papers because um, we have papers everywhere. Um, so yeah, decluttering is an important element. And so when every state's different uh, as far as record keeping, And so I'm going to speak to just like in our state, I'm in California, believe it or not, we're an easy state to homeschool in. Um, So when it comes to record keeping, I have to keep enough um, work to show that learning has happened. So oftentimes at those moments when I, when the kids, when you have younger kids, you might want to be a little careful because they're like, wait, but I I worked on that. I worked on that paper. And you're like, yeah, we don't don't need to keep that. (laughs) Hide it. And I always use a black trash bag when I'm doing cleaning things out that we don't need. So, um, you know, we have, so I have different systems. So I actually have a homeschool organization course um, and I walk through different systems. So one of them is filing work. And so my kids have an inbox. So they know when they're done with work, they put in the inbox. And then like right now, again, it's a decluttering season. So my kids are old enough now, praise the Lord, that they can actually separate out. So like we have an inbox so we'll have like a stack of work, which is everything. So every subject. So I will start them off. Like I just have space on the floor. I'm like, here's math, here's writing, here's grammar here, you know, whatever the subjects are. And I lay it out and then they have to take the, you know, the stack and then divide everything up. And then we do have a file system. So usually once they create those stacks, I'm going through and pulling the pieces that are their best work for our record keeping and putting it in the file. Um, And so that eliminates a ton of paper. So that's a great way with homeschooling to declutter. The other thing is that with January, um, for those starting off your new year, yay, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that's awesome. Um, Remember this in like, you know, four months, but for those of us who have already started and kicked off our homeschool year, this is a great time to kind of evaluate, like we have not gotten to this extra thing that sounded so fun to do at the beginning of the year. And like, (laughs) we're going to put that to the side and we are not going to attempt to do that because it's just not coming together. So declutter how much you're doing. And that's a whole different topic on, because I, I, one of the workshops I do at homeschool conventions <laughs> is stop doing too much. And so yeah. I really try to help people to, to look at what they've planned in their, into their year. Cause right there, that's going to help you have less stuff. Um, but yeah, like we do try to kind of keep things down. You have to have a system for where 
your, your work goes when you're done. Um, and we even have a sunlight system. So we have a system where um, I have a bookshelf where all of my sunlight books go for each kid. Um, and so like my girls were doing one together. I forget what, I think we're in, I think we're doing B or C. I don't remember. <laughs> so <laughs> whatever we're doing, I keep theirs together and then I keep readers separate. And then we keep that in one bookshelf. And then as they're, uh, as you know, they're on a book, then I have a separate place, like their active work. So that, so I'm not keeping a stack of books this big um, for them to like, these are all the books we have to read this year. Cause that's overwhelming for kids to look at. So I'm just taking what we need for the week. Um, and usually there's with sunlight, especially you have some multiple books that you're reading at different times um, with the kids. So they kind of have this little teeny, it looks so tiny, like this little section of books that they're working on. And when they're done with the book, I have a basket for them to put those in. And that's also, I have this big, like, I have this, this wonderful <laughs> Ikea unit. And so, you know, with five, it was funny because it had five sections and I have five kids. And so I giggled perfect. because I was like, perfect. And now I'm like, oh, I have an extra section. <laughs> what am I doing it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, because so yeah, if the space like, is there, you want to fill it. <laughs> very like you can't don't fill it like, yeah but yeah. actually I have some empty baskets on there I will admit so it feels okay. good so I'm like okay well we're done with that but yeah so just kind of creating a system so even with books having a system for where are they going to get like the ones to come the ones you're actively using and when you're done with the book and so then it just makes end of year so much easier because then all of the books that are done are in this basket yeah. and it's all again by um by the levels. So it's not like everybody's throwing all their books in. So last year we had so many books that were, that were sunlight related. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if we had two sciences, two histories, two, I mean, like we've been like insane. Um, so this year we have my son doing um, all sunlight for history and English. And then my daughters are just doing the read alouds and some of the history. Um, but it's been, it's just, it's fun to see them kind of come together and reading them. But but having that system to like, okay, we're done. So, yeah. And I love that, <laughs> that it gives them a visual sign as the year is ending. Um, I know we've always done like, this is this year's shelf yeah. with our kids. And so that's how we've done it. But I love that where they can Perfect. visually see like, I've already done all of this. And yeah. Even uh, if you have a shelf, you can yeah. set the book down. So if they're all upright and then as you finish it, you put it down. Cause again, visually it helps kids to understand like I've completed that. Look at that. One book. Yeah. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah, really exciting. So yeah, I mean you can do it with whatever space you have. I didn't want you to, everybody to think you need a huge IKEA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's something, yeah, that we'll talk about in a little bit is if you don't have the huge IKEA shelf, because I know yeah. I love to have my books out. Even years we're not doing so they can come back and read them again. Um, but my my tip with that that I always tell people is I only buy my sunlight books. Everything else I check out at the library so that mm. then I can send them back. You know, we're still getting to read a lot of great books, but they're yeah. not in space in my home. So <laughs> love what you said about that. Um, and then also just be aware of your state guidelines. I know some people live in yeah. states where they don't need to keep anything. Um, I'm in Colorado and we're pretty much like that. We have to do, you know, a standardized Amazing. test every other year, but we don't have to keep a portfolio or anything. So wow. that is nice. <laughs> Here yeah. A lot of the paper clutters. So yeah, so many great ideas there. Um, and in your book, you talk about a concept of a gray space so that when somebody shows up at the door, you know, and I know our dining room table is always 
full of whatever school is yeah. happening during the middle of the day. So can you explain, you know, to people that are not familiar with that, what the gray space is and how you might use it if you're in the middle of your homeschool day and yes. you, know, you have somebody coming over, what do you do? The gray space is great for homeschool families. Um, number one, you should just give yourself grace and just open the door and not worry about it. But <laughs> most Sorry. of us like to type. And it depends on like how far into things you are. But a gray space is that space. It's not a junk drawer because you're going to clean it. So the, the rule with the gray space is you may use it, but you have to come back to it and fit like, so once the guests are gone, you pull your, your, your space out or wherever it is and you put it away properly. So this is like the, Hey, I'm in your neighborhood. I'm going to stop by. It's the whole, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> now what? <laughs> So gray space for us is I had a basket that I kind of would do a quick like swoosh and put it into the basket. Um, bins work great for this too. Just having a bin like that's empty and in your closet. And then when people come, you just pull it out, put it in and tuck it away. Um, so we have like an entryway closet that I've done that with. This year, however, I will say that um, we, reno we renovated <laughs> our kitchen and family room. And we tend to homeschool almost a hundred percent down there with the three youngest kids. Um, so I have a drawer that is literally our gray space. It's pretty darn neat and tidy, but I like half of it is like dumping grounds where it's just like pull it <laughs> off the counter, put it in there. And then like I sort it out and we put it away because most of the time it's stuff that I can't forget. Like I need that. And that's why it was on the counter because I'm a visual person. So I'm like the worst of all. So please know that this was written. I kind of giggle because I'm like, this book was written because like I struggle. Like I am a messy person by nature, but I like things neat and tidy. So I joke in the book that I'm kind of an oxymoron, but gray space is great for homeschooling because sometimes, and that's, you can even like, because we all, let me see the pretty, pretty pictures, right? <laughs> And like a homeschool room. And it's got like this chalked out, like, you know, anatomy picture of like all these things. And like <laughs> the world is over here. Like, you know, like all of these spectacular, take a picture. I seriously want to see there. I, I want some honesty from some of those people. Like, this is what it looks like when we're done homeschooling. This is what it looks like three weeks in. This is what it looks like. You know, like we need that. We need a little honesty. Like it's not going to be perfect, but I would say that when you are staging your homeschool area, baskets are awesome. Like that's why we have a basket for where the books go when they're done with them. Cause it's like, I don't want them to feel like, cause the books are going to fall over and there's just a few, but like thinking through, like, how are we going to store our things at a kid easy level? It doesn't have to be like, I, I like to say it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be tucked away. <laughs> like it needs a home. <laughs> so make sure that when you're thinking about homes, like you can have that gray space. Um, but if you have prepared in advance for a quick and easy tidy up, then you have homes that are kind of not even gray space because it's just a home that it doesn't have to be neat and tidy. Um, so that that's kind of my technique. Like I, I'm not going to come like, you know, my sock drawer looks great depending upon how much time I had, you know, at the time, sometimes I'm like, they're together and they're there. Other times I'm like, let's stack them fun. And maybe I'll color coordinate them because I have extra time, but that's like once a year. So right. <laughs> my socks are never color coordinated. So. <laughs> Granted they're well, mostly. <laughs> and I love that you mentioned that because I always take a photo of my bookshelves like the day before school starts because I'm like, this is 
a yeah. long time all year. It will look like this. And then you mentioned like the homeschool space and staging. And mm-hmm. so this is my office slash homeschool room. But like I said, most of the time, my kids are out on the kitchen dining room table because I'm yep. working in here. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, I spent all day in here. So unless we're coming to reference the map or use dry erase board, we're out there anyway. So I have found that, yes, my messes move around depending on where the kids are versus where I am. Yeah. Um, and we, we've touched on, you know, Pinterest. There's always beautiful photos and rooms and bookshelves and all of that. <laughs> but yeah, right? Yeah, inspiration. But what about people who have very limited storage space? Either they're having to keep their school stuff kind of out in the open, maybe in a living room, dining room, somewhere else. How do you keep things looking nice and not like, you know, it just blew up in a room. Not yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to reference, and I keep mentioning, I'm sorry, but my homeschool organization course um, mm-hmm. is so great for people who do have tight spaces because I have a crate system. Um, and actually you can look, I think on, I think it's on Facebook too, but I know on Instagram, I'm mostly on Instagram. On Instagram, you can look up Clover Crate and people are tag their Clover Crate. Um, I have missionaries. I have road schoolers um, that use this system because it's literally putting your entire school year into a crate. So condensing everything down, um, but you always have the other stuff. So it's a matter of how you set your homeschool up for success um, and how you can use those spaces. So a crate's great because you can keep it on the floor and you're only going to it on Monday morning to grab your stuff for the week. Um, And so clipboards are great. Um, You know, having, we have binders. So they take their school for the week and they stick it into their binder and separate it out Monday through, we we tend to do Monday through, we have Monday through Friday, but we tend to do Monday through Thursday for like, we have a field trip, we have this, you know, so we we always homeschool five days, but it's just, it looks different. Um, but yeah, I think that's the, the misnomer. And I, and it's funny because now I feel like even though we have a room that's supposed to be the school room, it's like our, where we store our books. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You don't need a school room. If you have a table, if you have a couch, I mean, honestly, clipboard, you want the secret to homeschool, you know, clipboards. That is one of the number one homeschool organization like in small space, you know, tools that you can possibly have. We put our date, some kids will do a week's worth. That's overwhelming for most of my kids. Um, But we'll put our day's work on the clipboard and you can sit on the couch and work on it. You can sit on the floor, you can go outside, you can go upstairs, downstairs. So that, um, that's really it. You need an inbox. So you need a place for work to go. So you kind of have to think of it that way. Like where are the manuals? And you can keep that in one small space. Um, where's the day's work or the week's work? And then where is it going to go when it's done? And you can really consolidate that. So, I mean, I know people that they are in an RV and they homeschool. And so again, you don't need a lot of space, store anything that you're not currently using away. It doesn't need to be in the house even. Um, so it's not hard to homeschool when you have smaller spaces. Um, in fact, sometimes larger spaces are bad because then you're like, we can spread out. <laughs> and it does make it harder, but you have to be so intentional when you have limited space to add in homeschooling. So I hope that helps. <laughs> yeah, no, that is great. Um, and let's talk about chores. In your book, you've mentioned keeping the worker bees busy. And I know in our house, uh, we often refer to chores as the way that everyone can contribute, right? Because, yeah. you know, we might provide the roof and the food and things like that. But our kids, of course, can contribute in chores. 
Um, and I think one of the best things about homeschooling is that you are there and school doesn't take as much time, but of course you're eating all of your meals at home. Maybe you're, you know, creating more messes by having everyone home. So how do you establish a good chores system, you know, in your home that keeps your homeschooling running efficiently, but it's not like, okay, now we need to stop school and clean this up or, you know, how do you determine what's going to work best in yeah. your home? That's a great question. And um, whoops, I'm, I'm rotating <laughs> our swivel chairs. Uh, like I'm spinning. Um, so when you're spinning out of control, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, with tour systems, I just want to make sure people understand, like I, I'm big on like leaning and tweaking. So see what friends are doing, see what online you can find, but don't be afraid to tweak it for not only your family, because you guys are unique, um, but also for your season and even for your year, because we will have a chore system that I'm like, oh my goodness, the world needs to do this because it's the most brilliant thing. Oh my goodness. Like, this is awesome. And then like something changes or like, you know, we've got a new class we're going to, we've got kids that, you know, are working and so they're not home and they get, you know, it's just, something's going to throw it off and then it can be overwhelming. And suddenly that system doesn't work. So that's, I think the most important thing to understand is that, um, be willing to like roll with it. You gotta be really flexible, even with tour systems. So you can do anything from checklists, um, you can ha assign work. So like people just know I am the trash person and the trash is getting filled uh, or is getting full. So you need to take it out. So you can assign jobs by room. You can assign jobs by specific things like trash, um, towels. We do have, um, you know, when everybody grabs the hand towels right now, we're not even doing that because everybody is responsible for throwing their hand towels in on uh, their laundry day. You can do all, there's so many different things. So I try to really break down like what needs to get done. And again, I'm looking at a calendar. So when things are crazy, that's when I kind of go, hold up, we need something to change. So <laughs> I'm looking at what needs to get done. And then I'm looking at a calendar. So uh, what's the best days? Like we're all gone on Wednesday nights. So that's not a good day that, you know, so that's going to be like my crock pot meal and like, you know, forget it. We'll, you know, load the dishwasher. Maybe we do paper plates on that day. So we can just toss them in the, so, you know, trying to work through what does your family dynamic and family schedule look like for that season and assigning things either daily or weekly. Obviously you're not, some families aren't taking the trash out every day. Um, some families are. Um, I highly recommend picking a time when you run your dishwasher. So consistently you can have the same time each day when someone is emptying it. So that job goes to my girls because they're up first and it's every single morning and they switch off. And then like, since there's two girls in seven days, Sunday is one of my, um, my youngest son's day to empty the dishwasher. And then the older, so it's just kind of figuring out what works for you. So that's, what's hard. Cause I'm always like, but tell me exactly, tell me exactly. We've done this <laughs> everything from, we had checkboards, we've done the little Lancet things like, you know, that were really popular for a while. Um, we've done, you know, jars where you're pulling your chores out. We've done big wall checklists. Um, so we've tried so many different systems through the years, but it always comes down to, you have to find the right days to do things. Um, 
I have a girlfriend who they do um, Friday home blessing day. And so they don't homeschool on that day. They literally, that is their chore day. And that's when they're all going around and doing their chore day. Um, but finding a time, so finding a time during the day to do things consistently and finding a day consistently to do it. Because the more you create routines, even with chores, um, so, you know, whether it's chores or homeschool or whatever it is you're trying to tackle, when you create a routine um, and keep it consistent, it creates a habit and you're not having to think about it all the time. Because especially as, as moms and dads, like it's overwhelming trying to keep track of all the things going on. <laughs> so if you have some things that are built in in your kids and habits, and even if you have to make a visual reminder, like I will sometimes just get a whiteboard out and be like, these are all the things and I'll assign kids to it. Um, so I, I just put it on the counter. I'm like, everybody go check it off and like put a check mark. I'm the only one allowed to erase it. Um, but that's a system that has worked for us. So like, just, if I notice things are like really crazy, then mom gets her whiteboard out and everyone gets a little nervous when I get my whiteboard out. So they're like, what, what am I going to get? <laughs> but it, it helps me to stop bagging too. So, mm -hmm. so, but yeah, but I hope, I hope that's helpful from the standpoint of, I know sometimes people just like, I'm going to take and clone with that, that what works, but you <laughs> Really have to figure out like here's a bunch of different ideas we'll try this one if it's not working then try something else um so I mean there have been times that again things are smooth and other times where I'm like oh my gosh mentioned in the book that kids can do more than you think they can when it comes to a chore. So how do you determine, you know, what they can help out with and when? I know this was something we really tried with our kids when they were little, like as soon as they could carry things, you know, carry your laundry to the laundry basket or, you know, that, you know, pick your toys in the toy box. Um, but how do you really determine what your kids are ready for so that you can start outsourcing some of those things that they highly contribute to like dishes and laundry and stuff like that um, to them where you don't have to do as much of that and feel like you're the housekeeper for the whole family. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, it's really dependent. It's not just an age related thing. It's sometimes a child related thing. I will say when I was down with COVID, so I'm like, literally it's like, it was after Thanksgiving. And so I'm like laying on the couch, like, Ugh. and, um, wow. my 10 year old daughter did three meals, um, while I was sick and she just took care of it. Um, you know, she would have like, my husband, maybe like do a couple of the things that, you know, she can, I think one day I got up and I chopped the onion for the spaghetti, <laughs> like I can stand and chop. And then she did all the spaghetti. She just, she just did it. And so I think when you do, but I've trained her on how to do that. She's been my little buddy. So it wasn't a surprise. Um, it was a blessing. And so it was kind of neat to see all of what we've been working on come together. Um, so when you're, when you are trying to figure out, you know, like what can kids do? Just try it out. Like my, I think I shared that. I think that was in the, in the book. I can't remember if I put it in the book, but I've shared it online where it was the moment where my, my two-year-old son, and he was like an older two, but he was two. <laughs> he <laughs> threw a fit and he went in and took all of the clothes off of the hangers. And I walked in and I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're going to learn how to hang clothes today. Yeah. Now is the time. <laughs> yep. And we did. And I sat there with him and I handed him the hanger and I handed him the clothes. I'm like, we stick it in and we stick it in and we hang it up. And so it wasn't perfect, but it was back up. So, um, 
that's, I think key is just like, try it out, see what they're ready for. Um, and there's so many little things like you already mentioned, like just simple things. If they can pick something up, they can put it in a basket and getting them just in the habit of picking up. Oh, wait, let's not move to another, you know, toy that looks like fun, but let's clean this up first. So helping them even from a young age, develop habits is really important But like as far as you'd be shocked at how much your kids can do, like we start our kids really early with laundry. And so little kids can put clothes into the, into the washer. So super easy. And we, I, I will say here that we tend to get clothes that we can just wash all on cold. Like I don't buy a lot of blacks or reds. Like that's just keeping it simple. <laughs> um, but you know, my, so my girls will load the, uh, or like, well, cause they were the youngest <laughs> at the time, uh, but they're putting things into the washing machine. And then most of the time they're wanting to help fill the, you know, soap. And then, you know, so they're helping with all the different elements. And it just kind of gets to a point where it's just like, mommy, can I do it by myself? And I mean, I've had kids as young as five and six doing their own laundry and that's shocking. And sometimes it's a little scary. Um, like, so, and I'm standing over them, like, don't forget <laughs> The soap, it's fun so to have all over the place. <laughs> I know. Well, we have, oh gosh, knock on something. We haven't had that. We've had really, really nice uh, rinsed clothes. And I'm like, this still smells. Yeah. <laughs> oh, soap thing. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, why? And the best was actually one time when like, we were, you know, somebody was needed to go and I go to grab the clothes out of the washing machine. I'm like, these feel dry. And I'm like, oh, like... <laughs> I'm like, let's not put dry, dirty clothes into the dryer. So. Oh yeah, on top of the clean stuff. Yeah. So I mean, like, you know, just make a list of things you need to get done in your house. And here's my funny tip for parents. And um, so if you have kids in the room, like seriously, like don't let them hear this because la 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 la. Um, <laughs> this is my fun tip. What are your least favorite things to do? Train your kids to do them. Mm-hmm. Like trash. I love that. Stand it. Can't stand it. So. Um, dishes, laundry, like those are all things that it's like, those are the first things my kids learn how to do. Cause that's, those are the things I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> I actually yeah. kind of find it therapeutic to wipe down my counter. Like it just kind of, I'm weird that way. It's like, it's my little thing. Um, but I will more than happily let my kids wipe down the counter too, but you know, pick those first projects as things that they can have success in and that, you know, they can, they can do so that you don't like doing, they can do. Um, but, um, I referenced it earlier, but this is the biggest thing that, um, I want to interject here a moment. Um, and that is when you're asking kids to do chores, you have to find the right tools for them. You have to find things that are fun for them to use and easy for them to use. So we have a little wireless vacuum that's super easy and fun. I mean, sometimes they have fought over who gets to do that. Um, you know, to vacuum up the crumbs, like we think vacuum carpet, vacuum floors, like, oh my goodness, like so great. And so having someone that's part of your routine, like, boy, we sure did make a mess tonight. So who's going to, you know, I don't, I sometimes will write sweep. I don't know why I'm still in the habit of it, like vacuum kitchen, you know, like make sure you get it all up. Um, so finding those things, uh, micro, uh, microfiber cloths are great. Cause then you can use water oftentimes, um, having kid friendly, um, you know, what is it like cleaning solutions? So like I'll use Mrs. Myers for a lot of things and other, you know, sometimes I use an essential oil based thing, but finding things like that are really key and the kids just love it. So yeah, there's so many fun things, but finding things that are fun for them to work with and that they're like, Oh, I want to do the, do, I mean, where I had, I still have, I want to do the toilet. I was going to say that. I'm like, yeah, no one said that. <laughs> yeah. I know that was one that I, I tried that I show them. 
<laughs> a little too early, I think. And then, yeah, I was like, oh no, now I need to come back and redo the toilet. So, but you do talk about that in the book, letting go of perfection. I know I have talked to so many moms that say, oh, I would let my kids clean, but it takes so long and they don't do a good job. And then you have to redo it and all of that. But why should you not do it all for them? And I think, especially if you're a homeschool parent, you're already teaching them academically. So I feel like sometimes it's a little easier to also teach them these life skills. But, but why is it important really to embrace the level they're at and teach them those skills? Well, we're training them to not just be great in math. You know, we want our kids to be well-rounded. And I think part of that is like, I want my kids to not just, I mean, I want them to love the Lord. That's my number one priority, but I want them to be great spouses and I want them to be great friends and I want them to be great parents. So I am purposely training them to do things. So it's easier for them because I grew up, I was a, an only child, but a working single mom. And so there's just some things that I learned a lot, but there's some things that it's just like, kind of learned under fire. And I didn't know what it looked like to, to manage a home with kids. So a lot of it was like, what? Like, <laughs> I was a pleaser. I would like tidy up to it. And I did not tidy my room. My mom will be the first to tell you, like, it was like my room, you had to like almost in and over things to get into it. But, um, yeah. I'm like, and I've learned since then why and all that kind of stuff, but you know, it, you can't expect perfection from your kids. Um, but you can expect, um, help. Um, and for them to put in good, a, a good try, good like a good college try <laughs> and that's teaching work ethic, you know? And so there's things like that, that we have to think big picture. Like I want them to be great roommates in college. If they go, if they choose to go off to college, I want them to be great spouses from the standpoint of like, not everything's falling on one person, like, or if somebody gets sick, like goodness, like when I got sick, what a blessing it was that my kids could actually help out. Cause that's stressful. Um, it was stressful for me. Like, I don't feel good. <laughs> I need to lay here. It took me a long time to get better because I kept trying to get up and do things. And they're like, mm. sit down. <laughs> um, so that was the thing that was just like, okay, like I, I, it was great to have people who knew how to do it. And so I had heard someone say, and this might rock some people's world. Um, and it kind of like, now I'm like, oh, do I still have that happening? But at one point I was like, all right teaching your kids to be able to run the house by age, whatever, put it in there. This family had said by age 12. And I tell you my two older boys, I think they pretty much could have. And I will say that my 13 year old most likely could. And my girls, you know, like 10 and eight, they're getting there. Like my 10 year old, she's definitely close, but like being able to do many of the things in the home and they've had experience with it. So um, you can set that goal forever, but like, again, yeah, I love that. <laughs> Yeah. Now, now I want to like test my children and see like, what can you do? <laughs> yeah. So again, think they can do with that great. one. It is important, <laughs> important for them to know how to do things. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's not uncommon for homeschool parents to try to do it all, right? We're already teaching our kid, like we're <sighs> trying to do it all. Um, but you have said several times today, like give yourself grace. Um, and one of the ways you can do that is asking others for help. So I know, of course, you can hire outside help, but what if you don't have that in your budget or, you know, what are some inexpensive or free solutions maybe for getting the help you need in running your home and homeschooling and doing all the things you're trying to do? 
Yeah. So, um, kids, sounds like kid swaps, but, um, (laughs) you know, talking to a girlfriend and asking, you know, you know, can I, can my kids hang out with you for like two hours so I can work on a project or clean something or, you know, do whatever or breathe, (laughs) finish a thought. (laughs) Um, and then, Hey, I'll watch your kids on this day. And so just, you know, switching off because sometimes it's helpful to like get the kids out of the house so that you can actually focus and get work done. Um, there's also, you know, check I mean, that can even just be with your spouse. Like, please take the children for the afternoon. <laughs> like take them, I'll take, take the house. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And even if it's so you can soak in a bath and no one's going to be pounding on the door. <laughs> that's okay. Um, but that's one solution. Um, you can obviously, um, you know, we are really big on, we don't do it as much now, but for a long time, so my husband traveled. So I really didn't have the normal help from even a spouse coming home at the end of the night, like, okay, end of the night, still me. Uh, so, <laughs> um, you know, I, I was really big on making sure we instituted quiet time. So that's when the babies would nap. That's when, um, and I didn't, sometimes I'm like, just stay in your room, read, play, whatever, just shh. Um, and sometimes they, I would let them be in the room. I mean, didn't have to be in the room, but, um, just having that quiet time where it can be time when you can get other things done. Um, so finding help in that way, um, is important, but a big thing is like you, you reference asking for help. Um, and one of the stories I share in my sanity savers for moms book, um, always really hits home as a great is a great reminder of that. Um, we had just had our fourth and I was at a co-op and we had like this prayer time for the moms. And I was like, so overwhelmed. I mean, Steve is co- traveling so much and I had this new baby, these three younger kids, I'm trying to homeschool. <laughs> and, and I'm like, whoa, and it's just, it was crazy. And so I'm like, I know I'll just ask for prayer. And like, I didn't even make it very far. And I'm like bawling. Like, <laughs> I don't have it all together. I need help. And afterwards, my girlfriend was so sweet because she's just like, you know what? My daughter's saving up for a ballet camp. And she's like, maybe just pay her a few bucks and um, we can come over. She's like, where do you live? We lived three minutes away. And I had no oh, idea. Wow. <laughs> so it was one of those amazing God moments. If I hadn't reached out and asked for help, I never would have known that I had, you know, a teen helper, a mom's helper who is just such a blessing to us for that season, who was super close. And, uh, you know, like, again, she's a teen helper. So it's not like I'm paying her like as much as I would pay cleaners to come in. Um, so I didn't have to pay her a lot and she was so great. There was days where I would have her do projects in the house and I would play with the kids. Cause sometimes at one point I'm like, no, I, I want to have fun. Like, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be doing all of the behind the scenes. Go play outside. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's it was spectacular. If I hadn't asked, I never would have gotten that blessing. And she was able to say it was like a win-win. And mm-hmm. so it was just such a blessing for that season. And once Valley camp was over, it was very sad. Yeah, that is the hardest of like your, your teen helpers go on with life. <laughs> <I'm> like, oh, 
I remember my own mom saying that when our babysitters would go off to college and move away and that it was like, oh, no, no, I need to find someone else. But yeah. you mentioned something that reminded me. I know my daughter, now that she's in middle school, you know, as a homeschool kid, she is always looking for, you know, who has a toddler in the neighborhood that I can yeah. watch or, you know, so yeah, definitely tap into your other homeschool families where they have mm -hmm. older kids because they're probably looking to earn some money and they're not yeah. old enough to get a real job yet. And so I know that is definitely something she's always like, who, whose child can I watch? You know? Yes. Oh, yes. So, yeah. I always have my eye out for like older daughters and, and like, yeah. and I'm like, I know you're not going to school. You can like go. Exactly. Like you're done with school early and then you can come help another mom. But, but yeah, like what you said about not being afraid to ask, I think sometimes, yeah, that's the hardest part. And then once you bring it up, you'll find that you do have people in your network that are willing to help you. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I wanted to briefly touch on something you mentioned in the book about using your five senses to add joy to your home. Yeah. Um, and I know that's the way we teach creative writing too, right? We, we think and experience the world with our senses. And so often we're so focused on the to-do list that we don't make it fun or make it beautiful. Um, so what are some simple solutions, you know, using those five senses to help you create your either dream homeschool space or atmosphere in your home where it really is a good multi-purpose space that you enjoy being in when you're not doing school too. Yeah, well, that's I love that one. I'm like smile actually big when you said I'm yeah. like, I love you know about <laughs> this. <pretty> nice. <laughs> um, oh my goodness, like cozy blankets. Like right now it's colder. I'm a, I'm a San Diego, so I'm like colder. <laughs> but as cold as it is here. <laughs> How, how actually warm it is compared to yeah. other places. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's a sweater, like, <laughs> so sweater weather, blanket weather, um, but cozy blankets in a nook, um, you know, maybe with some nice soft lighting. Lighting actually is really important for learning. Um, fluorescent light bulbs, they should have no place. Like, you know, if you have like, not that you're going to be like, you know, they're in our garages and our laundry rooms and sometimes bathrooms and stuff like that's actually really disruptive for our brains. So switching those out is important, but getting soft lamps or, um, beware of candles. I'm, I love candles for actually, yeah, I have had a candle over here at one point. Um, I love candles, but they scare me half to death. Cause I'm like, no, no, like, <laughs> you know, but we will have candles like on the so, you know, and then that creates a smell, but like oftentimes I buy candles and we just don't light them and I keep the lid off or, you know, I just keep them open because it's creating that beautiful smell. You can run a diffuser, um, you can bake cookies. So the kids can like, oh, when we're done with this work, we get to have, and I will tell you, food is an awesome motivator. So it's fun. <laughs> food and fun are great for motivating kids. Um, but, you know, adding color and life into a room. Um, so visually stimulating touch, like I said, you know, um, it's cozy blankets and um, the scent. So what, you know, just trying to, and it's fun to get creative. Like, what am I missing? I'm like, taste. Okay. So, you know, snacks, uh, making sure you have healthy snacks on hand. Um, and just because I I'm big on feed the brain. So you got to make sure you're feeding those kiddo brains because they're, they're working. And so it's really important to understand like, you know, the, uh, the omegas they need, the protein they need, um, getting lots of water. We keep water bottles on, um, most, well now we're downstairs and the water's just on the table, but we used to keep water bottles on everybody's desk. Um, and so, um, you know, that's taste and what I'm missing touch. taste, Um, I think I had to hit them all. I'm like, I think so. Yeah. I give examples in the book. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, what are all the ones? Six cents. What's that? Like, woo. <laughs> 
but, um, but yeah, so just, just kind of creating an environment where it's just like, there's something wonderful and enriching about that. Um, because I think kids, it, it also imprints their brain. Um, you know, they, they'll remember that picture. They'll remember that, that warm feeling. And it's like, I, I mean, how often have you walked by something that smells good? And I'm like, oh, I remember yeah. like grandma and like, you know, like, like, I forget what it was. Um, there's like, oh, I was with my grandma when I, when we made bread, you know, it's like, I remember that scent, you know, or just give me so many things, but you're helping to actually imprint memories. And in school, that's important um, that you're imprinting as well, um, because you can actually remember things. So if you incorporate, so that's a, in homeschool basics, we talk about the same thing, incorporating your senses into teaching your kids, because, oh my goodness, that is going to cement facts into their brains that they need um, and scripture too. So you can do all kinds of different fun things using the senses. Yeah, I love that. Well, Christy, thank you so much. We've talked about a little bit about your different books. Um, you also have your HOME Home Organization Made Easy Masterclass yes. and your website, christyclover.com. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and then what you would like to give away to some of our viewers today? I know when you're asking a giveaways, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. It's so many fun things. <laughs> <laughs> you do, yeah. <laughs> Well, last January, actually it was kind of January, February, I did, um, I called it based off the book, um, an MOM, so Master Organizer of Mayhem Challenge. And so it was a five-day challenge that we did. And I went through the five pillars of home organization in that. And I decided that not everybody, as much as I wish I was like Joanna and I could say MOM and everybody knows that it's home organization. Um <laughs> I was like, well, we should probably make it more home-based. So I decided to create and um, take a lot of what we did in the challenge and put it all in one spot. And we're making it a masterclass. I have um, several people signed up to come on. We're going to be doing interviews and be asking them their hacks. And these are some of the experts in the field of home organization and home um, that are going to be coming on. So that I'm really excited for the way it's kind of shaping up. So it's already there. You can get all the stuff from the challenge and all of my bonus materials um, that we have mentors coming in that are going to be coming into the class as well. So that's the um, H-O-M-E, Home Organization Made Easy. Yes, I love my acronyms. Love yeah. <laughs> um, so that's the masterclass. And then um, I've got several books that are really fun and, and helpful for families. So M-O-M, Master Organizer of Mayhem, Homeschool Basics. And I have a freebie, Sanity Savers for Moms. Um, that's actually getting updated um, and people will find out about the update for my newsletter. So if you go to christyclover.com forward slash join, you can um, find out information about you know my newsletter and all that stuff. And that's usually where I share with people. But as far as the giveaway, um, I'm going to give away um, a couple, a few copies of MOM. I can give away some homeschool basics um, and I'll do one membership to um, the home organization made easy. And I'll give two um, of the ultimate homeschool organization course, because um, I really think that is going to be what will knock your socks off if you really are looking for help. And what's been fun is I've had the course out for five or six years now. And so when I speak at homeschool organization or homeschool conventions, um, what's been such a blessing is getting to hear the stories that come. Um, so people coming over, I've had people who, whose husband was deployed and they're like, I was ready to quit, but you know, it, it helped me to actually get systems in. And it was, I mean, my husband travels, but that's nothing compared to a husband deployed. So, um, you know, and we're in San Diego, so we have a lot of military families, but it's been really neat to see how just helping people 
be really specific in how they create systems um, and how that just completely changes their homeschool. So we'll do two of those. So hopefully that'll be fun for everybody. So make yeah, sure no, I'm I know whatever, however you're doing the giveaway, you will give them all the information, but those are some of the things that we'll be giving away. Well, that is so exciting. Yeah. And Christy, thank you so much for being here and helping our homeschool families with your system and tips. I know I loved the MOM, you know, Master Organizer at Mayhem book because it's so relatable. Um, for anyone who has not read it yet, talking to you is very similar to reading it. Like I hear <laughs> your voice in, in reading it. Um, it's easy to read and easy to start implementing those systems right away. And I love how your focus is really on customizing it for your families. So you don't have to do everything verbatim, you know, following what works for you guys. So that is great. Yeah. And as you mentioned, everybody wanting to check out your resources should definitely head over to your website, christyclover.com. Um, you can also tune into your Simply Joyful podcast as well. Um, so Christy, thank you so much. I really appreciate yeah. you. Oh, thank you for having me. This is really fun. Thank you for joining us here on the Sunlight Connections podcast. You can also visit Sunlight Curriculum on social media, in our Sunlight app, or at sunlight.com. I am Sunny from Sunlight, reminding you to tune in next time.